0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and Variety podcast. It is September twenty third, two thousand twenty-one. As always, I am joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. I think he's I think he's this way. Luke, what's going on, man? How are you?
2: I'm good, man. I uh as we record, it's my my daughter's first birthday, which if you're watching on YouTube oh, Happy Birthday Harper. You, you can see the uh, happy birthday banners with the pumpkins on them. Uh I mean it's a cool little thing. Harper's uh birthday is also shares this the date of the same like the start of fall. So, um, pretty cool, and actually, Omaha took that very seriously today. It was uh, 40 this morning when I stepped outside, and um, they said that you know yesterday essentially was the last hot day of, of the of the year, basically, until we you know get around to summer for for Nebraska. So, fall has begun. Trees will start to change colors. I mean, I say it every week. Football's here. Yeah, it's fall is well underway.
1: That's pretty wild because I know you grew up in Florida, so you are, you know, accustomed to what I am accustomed to, which is like the end of October, we'll get like two, three days where it's a little bit chilly, then it'll get hot again, mm-hmm. and then it might be kind of cooler for a couple of weeks, it'll get hot again, and then it might be like in the 80s for like a couple of months, and then it's like, you and know, Chris can never really make up its mind. So yeah, Nebraska, that that's wild, 40, and it's going to stay that way for a while. That's yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Luke, we are about, you know, a week away from most teams having their media days, a little over a week away from teams having their training camps, like 2-3 weeks away I think from preseason and we're like a month away from the NBA season starting. Ben Simmons, however, it does not sound like he is going to be starting the NBA season at least not as a Philadelphia 76er. So yesterday Woj reported Um, basically that Ben Simmons still wants to trade out of Philadelphia and told management that he has no plans to wear an NBA uniform again until he has moved to a new team. Luke, this is nothing new. We've talked about this in episodes past. This has been, you know, it seems like at least a couple of months we've heard that Ben Simmons wants to be out. The thing that I find pretty interesting is that, you know, it's a couple months into this and we still don't really have any real rumors. Like there's been talk of... I don't know. Maybe they try to get a deal with done with Portland, but didn't really seem that there was a ton of interest there. Not really from Portland or Philadelphia, especially probably not Dame. Um, sounds like he still wants to stay uh, in Portland. Um, but this is going to be a deal, Luke. That is is going to be difficult to get done just because of the amount of money that Ben Simmons makes and the question marks in in terms to you know his offensive uh, potential.
2: Yeah, I mean. So I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast. I don't I don't listen to it weekly, but I you know had saw Ben Simmons was in the headline there. I just scrubbed all the way through it, um, and listened to the Bill the the Ben Simmons part. Um, Bill Simmons had some pretty crazy ideas, but that's not really what I want to talk about. Um, Jackie McMullen, who was with ESPN, who recently has retired, um, she said this when Bill Simmons said. Ben Simmons should get traded to the Clippers for Paul George, um, essentially running, having the reins of the team for a year while Kawhi is basically out. They're not going to even contend this year. See how Ben does running the team. He has some, a little bit more shooters there, whatever. He has some shooters there, um, all that stuff, right? Then she kind of chimed in and said, "I don't understand why you know they would do that." Paul George is proven. Kawhi matches, you know, the timeline there with with PG when he gets back, blah, blah, blah. Uh still a talented team. Then she said this. Ben Simmons last season shot 325 field goals. 315 of them inside the paint. Took. I mean made, sorry. Was that made or took? Made. So, um, so regardless, 315 of those inside the paint, right? He took. 25 mid-range shots. That's it. Took 25 mid-range shots and shot three for ten. Ten threes all year. Shot three for ten from three. She made the point. She was like, why doesn't he just shoot a couple more? He might actually shoot a better percentage because he'd be in rhythm. Like he'd, he'd have something going. Whereas he just takes 10, ten threes all year and hits three of those. So... Wide open, end of the shot clock, end of the quarter. Right, and and we've we've talked about it. You know, I, I've said it before. You know, you have to have the like the most euphoric state for Ben Simmons to be able to lead a team. I don't even want to know how bad that Clippers team would be if if Ben Simmons was there. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's the Clippers and they're talented, but man, and without Kawhi too. I mean that that team maybe it works out for you and you get a lottery you know pick out of it. I don't know, but uh, I I just I don't know how you would trust Ben Simmons in that situation. He definitely needs to be number two guy, right? I mean, do you ever see Ben Simmons getting to the point where he is the number one guy?
1: I don't really think so. Um, you know, definitely not offensively. I don't know if he has it in him to be like the alpha. I think if he did, we would have seen that by now. I think it's pretty clear to anybody that watches basketball, either die hard or casually, that Joel Embiid is very much like the leader, the heart and soul, the alpha of that team. Like the the lack of the instinct to take over and be the number one and you pair that with his lack of ability to take over and be the number one off you know, offensive unit. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. I mean when we talk about Ben Simmons, he still has four years, hundred forty seven million dollars left on his contract including $33 million for this upcoming year. Like the 76ers, you know, they, they gave him this extension in the hopes that they were going to be able to win a a championship, you know, with their, you know, big three, big four in in Philadelphia, whatever you want to call it. And now this is a guy that just wants out. You hear uh, Doc Rivers talking about the fact that he's hoping that he can change Ben Simmons mind at the end of the playoffs last year. You know, he was asked, you know, whether or not he thought that the Philadelphia 76ers could win a championship, With Ben Simmons, and he he didn't say yes, he didn't say no. He said, "I don't really know the answer to that question." But I think if you you know just kind of read the room, the rest of the NBA and people that cover the NBA, the overwhelming you know majority of people don't feel like Ben Simmons is going to be the best or the second best player on a championship team. So at this point, it's like a it's a it's a stare down. It's a it's a staring contest to see who's going to blink first. Whether it's going to be Daryl Morey in the front office. Or if it's going to be Ben Simmons, and the longer that Ben Simmons is there, obviously you know Philadelphia still feels like their window is open with Ben Simmons. But if he's really not going to play, how long are you willing to ride that into the season? When potentially you know w- without arguably your second best player, you know you probably are going to lose quite a few games that you would have won, um, you know, if Ben Simmons was playing. So it's, it's going to be interesting, Luke, to see you know, kind of who, who blinks first. And I really don't think it's going to be Ben Simmons. I think he's going to ride it out. I don't think he's going to play to start the season. Um, I think he's going to force Philadelphia to make a trade. And, you know, you mentioned on the, the Bill Simmons podcast, we were talking off air uh, that they were saying how, you know, Daryl Morey, you know, wants to be the guy to clearly win the trade. And I just don't know if it's possible given, you know, Ben Simmons trade value.
2: Yeah, um, and one thing they did go on to kind of talk about, which has you know been something that's been thrown out there, obviously, is you know talking about the T wolves. I mean, do you do you try if you're Daryl Morey try to get D'Angelo Russell and send you know Ben Simmons to to Minnesota because I think that's I think you, I mean, in that case it would fit Ben Simmons very well because he'd be playing with a guy in Cat who is incredibly. You know, incredible from behind the arc. Um, you look at his numbers last year, shooting six attempts a game and almost 39% from three. Um, just a really skilled big man. If you get Ben Simmons in that type of role, I think Minnesota, you know, is a place where you know the number one guy being Cat would be a, you know, a place that he could kind of thrive. Now, I don't know if if you know Darryl Morey really bites on that or not. I don't. I don't know, kind of what the route there would be to make it happen. But that's kind of a, an interesting scenario as well, and you know, don't worry, you know, T wolves, we'll get to you guys as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the money, it looks like the money would work. Uh, D'Angelo Russell set to make about thirty million dollars this year, but I just don't think Philadelphia does that. I mean, I'm sure the Timber the Timberwolves, I think would love to do that to move D'Angelo Russell and get Ben Simmons yeah. uh, as a return. But I I just don't see uh I don't see Daryl Morey you know being happy with that. I don't think that makes um, the the seventy sixers you know really better at all but let's switch gears Luke so a little bit of um kind of sad news yesterday so mm-hmm. JJ Redick uh, after fifteen NBA seasons seven of those being with our beloved Orlando Magic um, he announced on his old man in the three podcast that he has decided to retire so Redick thirty seven years old played for six NBA teams the Magic Clippers seventy sixers Pelicans Bucks and then finally the Mavericks. Averaged 12.8 points per game in the regular season. Uh, his 1,950 career makes from the three-point uh, line. Rank him 15th in NBA history, Luke. J.J. Redick, man. How, how, do you have a strong like feeling about this one way or the other?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, J.J. Redick, kind of speaking on him in general, he, you know, is a dookie, right? I mean, and, and one of the most hated college players you know, and then Grayson Allen came time. in. And uh, and, and Grayson and Allen kind of, you know, had, had that hate as well for him. And so J.J. Redick, I mean, but then, you know, he, he comes to Orlando and uh, at first wasn't sure how to feel about it. I knew he was a good player, obviously, but also knew he was a dookie. And, you know, at that time in 06, I was 10. Um, and I do, you know, remember jj being on the magic just because i was a, a big gator basketball fan and you know the gators um, obviously college basketball team being one of the best at the time duke everybody knows duke rosters so i knew who jj reddick was i was heavily enthralled with them with the gator basketball team at the time so i knew who that was um but quickly i mean jj reddick kind of you know won over the hearts of magic fans um was you know never averaged more than what was it you know I think 11 points a game in Orlando, um, but was you know a, a key piece there, and I think that you know he's something that the Magic fans would have obviously welcomed him back to retire with Orlando. Was that kind of a, a pipe dream you had, Jonathan? That that JJ Redick would maybe somehow return to the Magic one day and and retire with the Magic?
1: I mean, I kind of hope so, but just you know throughout the years listening to you know him, you know how much he loved LA, and then you know right. um, you know he and his wife moved to Brooklyn i i like he i remember him talking this might have been back when he was doing doing a like the vertical podcast mm-hmm. um when he first started podcasting you know like way back in the day mm-hmm. and he talked about how his first you know few times coming to orlando after being traded uh you know to milwaukee and then you know he signs with the clippers that summer um but how he would walk past his old apartment and he would kind of have all these feelings but after a while like real his real connection to Orlando was the people within the organization. And over the years, each time he would go to Orlando it'd be like less and less people that he was, you know, so it didn't it doesn't really seem like he still has that connection to Orlando like somebody like I don't know, like Jameer Nelson, you know, would have, something like that. Like with Jameer, right. yes, I I had hopes uh, you know, towards the end of his career that we would sign him for like a day and he would retire as an Orlando Magic player. Um or like, you know, Hido Turkaloo. I I, I kind of gave up on that with with JJ a few years back. The more and more that he started to talk about these other cities out, he was in, and you know, like he really seems like Brooklyn is his home. Like wherever he was playing the last few years, since he you know his family moved to Brooklyn, like they've just fallen in love, you know, with uh, Dumbo, the neighborhood that they live in, and everything like that. So no, I kind of gave up on that. But just like you, you know. I, Right around, uh, you know, the end of J.J. Reddick's college career is when I really got into college basketball, uh, particularly North Carolina. So I remember, you know, like him, uh, you know, like Tyler Hansbro, like that, those early North Carolina teams with him, like, you know, I think it was his freshman or sophomore year, something like that. But J.J. Reddick was just an absolute animal and he was such a good player and just didn't take crap from anyone. So it was really easy uh, to hate him. When he was drafted by the Magic, I was really excited because he was a great player. Obviously, wasn't you know in the rotation early on in his Orlando Magic career, but uh, continued to work his butt off, earned the trust of of Stan Van Gundy. Was an integral part of you know the the 9 team that made the finals, the 2010 team that made the Eastern Conference Finals, and then yeah, when you know when he was traded, um, you know that was really tough. I think uh, after he got traded, I think one of the first people to wear number seven might have been like Ben Gordon for the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this on, on the six-man show, but just how that rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I didn't ever want anyone else to wear number seven. Like, when Jason Smith decided he was going to wear number 14 you know, after Jameer left, it was like, I never wanted anybody else to wear number 14. And, right. you know, now I never want anyone else to wear nine, you know, now that Vooch has left and, you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I'm just really happy for J.J. Like, over the last few years, I've become more of a fan of J.J. off the court and, like, the podcasting and the personality and everything like that more so than the player. But I always enjoyed, you know, watching him on those Clippers teams when the Clippers were really good. And uh, th- this is we're we're going to continue to hear from JJ Reddick. That's the cool thing. Like, a- and I can I really can understand where he's coming from because now that I'm you know 28 years old and I have a family. Like as a, as a kid, you grow up and you're like, man, I would love to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But if someone came to me outside of the money, like anyone would take millions of dollars to do almost anything. Right. But. If I could choose like being in the NBA versus like doing this and I was told I was going to make the same amount of money, I would do this because it allows me to be home with my kids with my family. I've been working from home basically since like the the very start of COVID and now I'm like permanent, you know, remote at my at my job and I wouldn't give it up for anything. If they were going to give me a pay raise to go back to the office, I wouldn't do it because being with my kids all day every day, I realized what I would miss if I wasn't here. So when JJ says, you know, it's time for me to be a dad, I, I get that 100%. But um, I, we just wish JJ the the best, you know, in in, uh, in retirement, whatever he's going to do outside of the, you know, old man in the three podcast, he's going to kill it. Um, you know, Luke, now that JJ's going to have some free time on his hands. We might be able to get him on the six man show. Who knows? That's, that's definitely going to be something that we're going to continue to try for. Yeah, that would be nice.
0: That'd be great.
3: Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and The Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, Luke. So we mentioned a little bit ago when we were talking about Ben Simmons and you know Carl Anthony Towns and all that kind of stuff that we were going to get to the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. And now we're getting to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, Jake Fisher, the 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 man that rightly deserves the credit for breaking this news, uh, he reportedly tweeted out that uh, Gerson Rosas was going to be out as the Minnesota Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations out uh, after two seasons. So, uh Glenn Taylor, the owner um, of the Minnesota Timberwolves, made this announcement. However, uh, everyone knows you know Mark Lor and, and Alex Rodriguez you know are acquiring you know the Minnesota Timberwolves. So it seems like they've decided that this isn't the guy that they want. Um, Sachin Gupta, uh, the Timberwolves executive vice president of basketball operations, is going to be like the you know interim uh, president of basketball operations during this time until you know they hire somebody else or give them the job full time. Luke, the, the most interesting thing to me was like 20 minutes later, Carl Anthony Towns takes to Twitter <laughs> and tweets out, WTF. Yeah. So, like, I understand, you know, you guys are, you know, Mark Lore, Alex Rodriguez are purchasing the team. They want to run things their own way. Like, first order of business, don't you think you want to run this by the franchise player? Not Maybe not to get his input, but just like, hey, just so you know, this is what we're about to do. You don't want this, in my opinion. You don't want this guy finding out about this on Twitter.
2: No, and I think it just kind of speaks to the T wolves, right? I mean, and not to mention, so we're about to get disrespectful. I'm um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, yeah, it, because <laughs> for me, it's hard not to be because this is such an untimely thing. Like you, you've got yeah. you've got training camp, you've got preseason. You know, you d- just
1: had a draft.
2: Right, you just free had a agency. draft. Free agency, you had everything. Like the whole building part of, of 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 this off season is over, so now whoever assumes this role is just kind of put into it and said, "Here's your here's your stuff." You didn't have an off season. I mean, the good news for this next guy is going to be probably you know you've got a, a freebie this season. Do kind of whatever, just don't screw up too bad. I mean, you can't be much worse, um, and you know you got a freebie and then you know you'll get off season the next off season and i i don't know man i mean you're looking at a a franchise who has a playoff series record of two and nine i mean two and nine since 89 they're two and nine and they're 18 and 34 in those games for a second i was like is he talking about playoff series or is he talking about games
1: (laughs) talking about games
2: i yes talking about games and that's Eleven I mean, games. If it wasn't, you know, if it, if it, eleven, and if it wasn't for the 0-3-0-4 right. season where they make the conference finals, um, then I mean you're looking at significant. I mean you're looking at zero and and eight if that season if that season never happens. So thanks to KG, you're two and nine in playoff series. It's by nothing that the T wolves did. <laughs> I mean it's it's kind of ridiculous. I looked up those numbers today, like, you know, Timberwolves season by season, and that's what it came up with. And it's, I, I mean that you're going to be hard pressed to find a team that has been worse than the Timberwolves on the court and in the front office.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the good thing is, you know, with Gupta taking over, you know, he was the executive vice president of basketball operations. So he's at least had, somewhat of a hand in a lot of the decisions that were made you know during the draft for agency everything like that but like it, it just it's the timing of everything why if you're going to you know clean house you know with the and you know Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lord they've been you know rumored to be purchasing um you know the Timberwolves even since like last season so that's not the reason like if the sale is going to be official or whatever like that's not the reason it's just poor timing and you know Mark Lauren, Alex Rodriguez these are things that they're going to have to learn um you know owning a, a sports franchise now and you know especially Alex Rodriguez you know with his uh you know background in professional baseball you would think that he would know a little bit better so it is just strange that you wait until all of this is done and you're like okay now we're gonna you know part with this and the last thing that I would want to do again newly acquiring a professional sports team is you know Carl Anthony Towns has been vocal about, you know, they're losing and everything like that in Minnesota. Like, the the clock is ticking on Carl Anthony Towns' time in Minnesota. He's not just going to sit there forever and waste his entire career. Like, he's he's what top three centers in the league when healthy, behind like Embiid and Jokic. Like, he's mm. right there. I mean, you, if you want to throw Anthony Davis in there, but he's Anthony Davis there. is a power forward. But like. Carl Anthony Towns at worst is like top four or five centers in the entire league. And he doesn't really get the credit that he deserves one because they're never on national television because they stink. And secondly, because they stink and you know, they're not good. They're, you know, they're not competitive. Um, you know, they've been one of the the worst teams in the league over the course of the, you know, last 15, 20 years. So yeah, well, um, just strange timing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you need to make amends with your star, you know, he's going to be on his way out.
2: Well, and there's been, you know, reports that there's kind of been the strain between, you know, b- between the GM and and you know, the front office everybody. I mean, there's been a strain and they said it's been for the past few months was the wording that was used. Um months. So, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what goes into, you know, being a GM or, you know, being part of the front office and, you know, a coach or anything like that. I don't know the drama behind closed doors, how that goes usually. But it's been going on for months. So they're saying like potentially before draft happened, but before all this stuff, before their off season really began, there was already some tension. And you're waiting till they've got, I think, six days until training camp. I mean and, and ideal. I mean, I hate to harp back on how untimely this is, but if this tension's been there for months, I mean, you can't tell me there wasn't tension before that, then, right? I mean, and you just got to kind of part ways and try to hire a GM. I mean, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not gonna act like I know what goes into all that stuff. I just know that I'm not the only one clowning the Minnesota Timberwolves today. That's what I know.
1: Well, one thing that you and I have, uh, you know, to be grateful, you know, of, of you know Minnesota is Jalen Suggs. So let's not <laughs> badmouth Minnesota too badly because <laughs> they did give us, you know, Jalen Suggs. So we, we at least have that to thank them for. All right, Luke, let's go ahead and let's talk about some of the worst teams in the NBA this season, or who we think is going to be the worst teams in the NBA. So just to give you a little bit of a of a backstory here, Luke, looking at ESPN.com, kind of like their preseason power rankings uh the, the worst three teams in the league um in their opinion right now are our beloved Orlando Magic went 21 and 51 last year uh the Houston Rockets at 29 who went 17 and 55 and then the Oklahoma City Thunder who went 22 and 50 last year Luke what team do you think is going to be the worst team in the league next season
2: I think I'm I'm going to have to go with the Rockets man I think that um as far as the Rockets go they've got so much young Talent. There, I think it's going to be a toss-up between the Magic uh, and the Rockets for the same reason. They're just very young. I mean, you look at the Rockets, right? Um, similar to the Magic, they'll be fun, but they'll be bad. Um, you know, you look at it, and they've they've got you know they added Shangoon, uh, Jalen Green, and then you've got the young guys there: KPJ, Jayson Tate, Uzman Garuba, uh, Josh Christopher. I mean, they've got so many young guys that are going to make it a fun team. I think they will be a league pass team, um, but I think they will be very bad. I think it'll come down to a toss-up. I'd be surprised if, you know, the Rockets went over 19 games this year. Um, I think that they'll be, you know, somewhere in that, you know, 16 to 17 range.
1: Well, I think uh, when it comes to the Rockets, and I'm right there with you, I think, you know, it's going to be, it really comes down to those those bottom three teams. Um, I think I'll go with Oklahoma City, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but I do think there is, you know, a reality where, you know, they make, they're, you know, they're trying to trade John Wall, trying to find him a landing spot You know, he's making like, you know, upwards of $40 million. So you're going to have to bring back, you know, like some pretty significant contracts to make that work. So we'll have to see what the team looks like when those moves are made. But like you said, you know, young guys, Josh Christopher, Alperin Shengun, Usman Garuba, Jalen Green, all those guys they just drafted. Uh, you still have Kevin Porter Jr., Kenyon Martin. Like Jalen Green, you and I have talked about this as at nauseum. I think he has the ability to, you know, be the the best player in this uh, last draft class, and I think he has a legitimate chance, uh, you know, to win Rookie of the Year. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So many young guys, uh, you know, do have some veterans in there, you know, like a uh, Eric Gordon and DJ Augustine, and we'll see again what happens, you know, with the John Wall move and everything like that. Still have Avery Bradley. Some of the other guys that I'm I'm pretty, you know, um, interested to, to watch, see what happens, like Dacian Nix, who we saw in the G League Ignite last year. Um, I don't even know if he's going to make the roster, but I, I liked what I saw out of him. They still have Christian Wood, by the way. So yeah. they, I think there is a reality where, you know, those guys are good enough to kind of stay afloat. And I'm not talking about, you know, being competitive in the West or anything like that. That would be ridiculous. But maybe they can flirt with like 27 to 30 wins. I, I do think that that's possible. Let's talk about the Magic really quickly before we talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So here's my case for, you know, like the path for the Magic to be the worst team in the league. So it all comes down to Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. So we know that right now we don't really have a specific timeline on when those guys are supposed to come back. But let's say worst case scenario, when when Markel went down in January, we thought it was going to be the all-star break of this season before we were going to get him back. Let's say we don't get him back until like closer to the all-star break. Jonathan Isaac, who you know was asked a couple of weeks ago if he's going to be ready for opening night, didn't really instill a lot of confidence. Basically said, "We'll see." Mm-hmm. Still weaning off the knee brace, things like that. Again, wasn't like a. He didn't sound that confident. But um, Kevin and I talked last week on the Six Man Show, um, you know about how Jonathan isn't the kind of guy to come out and brag like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be ready for opening night." So it's very possible we could be reading too much into that. But let's say Jonathan Isaac doesn't come back until three or four weeks into the regular season. I think there's a real possibility that you go into January like, all right, Paolo Blancero or you know Chet Holmgren or one of those types of guys on your radar with potentially flirting with the number one overall pick next year. So if those guys aren't back to start the season, I do think the season could get really ugly for the Orlando Magic. Luke, what do you, what do you think about the Oklahoma City Thunder? Do you think they have a chance to
2: be the worst team in the league next year? Oh, I mean, there's definitely a chance. Uh, I mean, it's all in those, you know, the, the power rankings, essentially, that I think you just read from ESPN. I mean, that's, it's really not a, it's a no brainer in terms of who's going to be the bottom three. It is definitely OKC, Orlando, and Houston. Um, my, my thing with, with, with OKC is that, I mean, you're, you're one SGA injury away from being the worst team in the league, no doubt. And if OKC, like not is, even close. Yeah, and 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 the thing is with with OKC, you know, last year we saw it. They didn't they didn't hesitate to kind of plunge to the bottom there. Uh, I think Shea had like plantar fasciitis or something like that. Um, and so right, I mean, you put air quotes there. Exactly. I who who knows what what he had if he did. I I mean he was out for a very long time. Um. So so yeah, I think that you're going to see a lot of minutes from guys like Poku um and and giddy as well and so you know we'll kind of see what happens with okc they definitely have the least amount of margin for error when it comes to you know performance like i said sga goes down you know i i definitely think that they they are the worst team in the league but you know barring you know if all of these teams stay healthy um i I think that houston still has you know the the best chance i would say to be the worst team um because of SGA is healthy i think that okc won't be the worst, but that's all riding on injuries, and we all know that that happens uh, far too much with the NBA.
1: Well, I mean, who knows if we're going to see like the emergence of Alexei pokashevsky Like we have we have Poku to thank for Jalen Suggs. It's true. Like if he doesn't go crazy last year, you know they beat. I think it was the Clippers the last game of the season. We don't end up with Jalen Suggs, you know, more than likely. So, but yeah, when it comes to Shea, this is all I'll say. Uh, scored thirty-one points, four assists and a nine-point win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, who they were kind of fighting, you know, with for the you know worst record in the league last year at this point um, in in March, and then he doesn't play another game for the rest of the year, misses the last two months, you know, with you know the foot injury that he had. So, I mean, just a heck of a tank job by the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they take Josh Giddey, who we only saw for a few minutes in summer league before he you know tweaked his ankle or whatever he did. But yeah, you're right, like they're one-shay just Alexander, you know, injury away from being by far and away the worst team in the NBA. So I think, I think I'm think i going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder being the worst team in the league next year just because, like I said, I do feel like there's a possibility, um, you know, that the Rockets are able to keep their head above water. I, I think it's going to come down to OKC in Orlando. Um, a lot of that is just going to depend on the health of Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and when they come back um, – but I do think the Magic are going to be in the running, you know, for the number one overall pick. The great thing is, you know, even if the Magic are, you know, way better than the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. they just have to be the bottom three next year if they if they're looking for a number one overall pick. So, all right, Luke, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some college NFL bets. Guys, autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cupping season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to Manscaped for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th. That's S-I-X-T-H, manscaped.com.
2: First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand.
1: Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SIXTH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SIXTH, that's S-I-X-T-H, at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. all right luke so uh the last time that we talked last week you were sitting at four one and one on the year with your college bets uh, give us a little reminder of what your bets were last week how they went and,
2: and what what's the record looking like now uh so last week i you know one of the bets that i had here for you guys was uh penn state minus five versus auburn uh, basically saying that i didn't believe bo Nix could go into uh go to penn state and you know essentially be you know great when the lights were on him. Um, And, you know, Penn State had won and covered their last six games. Um, As I noted last week, big street guy. Uh, Penn State goes on to win 28-20. to Um, So they were able to cover that spread. And then I had Marshall, Jonathan, and one of the most upsetting... That's dramatic. One of... It was a heartbreaker for me, Jonathan. Um, I had Marshall minus 10 um, against ECU. Marshall up 38 to 28 going into the fourth quarter Jonathan I need them to cover 10 they're up 38 28 we 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 can you know at this point we can let ECU score a touchdown and you don't score anything and we push at this point right and I'd be okay with that at that at that point no ECU goes on Jonathan and scores 21 unanswered in the fourth and wins the game 42 oh, to
1: 38. God, talk about a bad beat.
2: That's terrible, dude. And I just was watching ECU just score after score after score. Um, made me sick to my stomach. So my record total for college this year, Jonathan, is 5-2-1. Uh, um, Now, as far as I'll just dive real quick into these week four before we get to NFL here. Um, this week, I have Liberty minus six against Syracuse. We, we benefited from Liberty a couple weeks ago here, and the only reason that I bet Liberty at that point was Malik Willis. Um, I, I Last season, Liberty goes into the Carrier Dome where Syracuse plays, and they're going to go in again this week. Um, and they won by 17 last season. Malik Willis is a, a year more polished. Syracuse uh, won last week. Syracuse uh, for those of you guys that are like you know kind of weird against the you know against the spread statistics Syracuse is 0 for 6 against the spread the last 6 times after they have won a game. So after coming off a win, they're 0 and 6 against the spread the last 6 times. So I'm I'm taking Liberty in this one -6 at Syracuse. It's a no-brainer. They won by 17 last season. Malik Willis, all you need to know, one of the best quarterbacks in the tra- in the class. Um, then uh, here's one that might surprise you guys. I'm wearing a Florida Gator t-shirt right now. Uh, however, I am going with Tennessee plus 20 against Florida this week um, at the Swamp. I think that this is a Alabama hangover for Florida. Florida, you know, loses last week by two. You make an extra point. You don't have to go for two at the end. You're going to overtime, essentially. Alabama last drive of the game is a whole other thing. I'm just on my soapbox now. But Alabama last drive of the game doesn't even get in field goal range. They have to punt the ball to Florida with like two seconds left in the game. Um, So, uh, you know, I I think Florida will be feeling good about themselves hanging with Alabama when the spread of that game was 14 and a half. Um, Florida hangs with them. I think you're going to see an Alabama hangover. Anthony Richardson for Florida will be back this week. He wasn't in the lineup for Alabama last week. Um, But I think Tennessee's offense is balanced enough um, and Florida's is kind of unpredictable. I really don't know. I know we're going to run the ball a lot. Anthony Richardson in the lineup. Who knows? Could really go both ways. But I just don't see Florida covering a twenty-point spread against an SEC opponent, um, especially Tennessee. And there's been some really great games in the swamp against Tennessee that required final, you know, final plays to win the game. So, um, uh, it, with that being said, I am going Tennessee plus twenty, and then to recap, Liberty minus six against Syracuse. Luke, tell us
1: a little bit about what's going on with the quarterback situation in Gainesville. Yeah, is, is Dan Mullen just being stubborn? Is he going to change his mind? A lot of people want Anthony Richardson to take over.
2: Right. Yeah. So I, I think the the biggest thing with with the quarterback situation in Gainesville, everyone was on everyone, and I mean everyone was on the Anthony Richardson should be starting. He's a he's a redshirt freshman. He you know was one of the the top. You know, average yards per run player and college football going into last week um, including running backs i mean he i think he was averaging like 14 yards a carry or something like that um, and because he had had like 270 yard touchdown runs so far this season against usf and fau uh, but then you know last week emory jones steps in um, passes for almost 200 yards rushes for 77 yards against Alabama against a defense that we really thought that he would throw mul- multiple picks and he only threw one. Um, so Anthony, I mean, you know, Anthony Richardson kind of has his hands full now because Emory Jones has just played his butt off essentially for his standards and Florida only lost by two against, you know, the number one team and seems to be the best team in the country by a wide margin. So um, not too sure what's going to happen. As far as that goes, Dan Mullen is very um, stuck in his ways. I would say, Kyle Trask, who's your
1: defensive coordinator again?
2: Todd Grantham. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Todd Grantham should have been gone a season ago. Um, but you know, another you know quick point about that is that you know um, Kyle Trask, who now plays for the Bucks, um, was the backup to Felipe Franks for a couple seasons. Felipe Franks goes down to injury. Florida was down in that game against Kentucky at Kentucky uh, by I think like fourteen or something like that, and Kyle Trask comes in the game and the Gators win the game and then the rest is history. Right. So Dan Mullins is playing with the goat. yeah Exactly. Dan Mullen is very stuck in his ways. If you're the starting quarterback, he's going to ride with you, but he is the quarterback whisperer, right? I mean, he's, he's had some great quarterbacks that he has coached. Um, and so I, I think that you kind of just have to trust Dan on this one until something happens here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I would love to see Anthony Richardson start. Um, but I, I don't know that we're going to see that, especially this season. All right,
1: let's talk some NFL bets, Luke. So I, I felt really good, you know, the week before I had done really good on, you know, the spreads that I had picked. I think I went like 3-0 the week before, messed up some parlays. You always mess up the parlays, obviously. That's why they are what they are and the payouts are what they are. This week, probably the most devastating week that I've had gambling, you know, in my, you know, short four to five year, you know, gambling career. So Luckily, me and my buddy we won a bunch of money you know, earlier in the year. Not a bunch of money, a few hundred bucks. You know, on this, the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. So we, I've got a little bit of a cushion to, to deal with. So it's not like I'm, my kids are not starving. Like you know, we're, we're paying the bills. Everything like that is good. Nobody, you know, don't don't be too concerned about me. But uh, I was so confident in the Cardinals covering last week. I bet them when they were you know laying four and a half, and then when the line moved to four, I bet them again. Forgetting that I bet on them earlier in the week. Uh, Arizona wins by one because the Vikings uh, missed a, a field goal. Now I woke up, uh, you know, the morning, uh, you know, Sunday morning, saw the the Bears were laying one and a half to the Bengals. Jumped on that, won that bet. It was basically ev- everything from that point forward uh, was downhill. So I had a, a three game teaser, uh, teased six points on each game. So I had uh, the Saints plus two and a half versus the Panthers. I also thought the Saints were just going to win that game outright, so I felt pretty good about that. Uh, the Giants plus nine and a half. They lost on a last-second field goal, so I covered there. Uh, and then New England, uh, they basically were teased down to the money line. They were, you know, they were favored by six, and they beat the brakes off of the Jets. So everything but the Saints. You know, I put, I was like, man, Jameis looked amazing week one. They destroyed the Packers. Maybe the the Lasik really helped for Jameis, and then they just get completely destroyed by the Carolina Panthers. One touchdown that Jameis ran into the end zone. Um, they got crushed. Uh, let's see what else did I lose here. Oh uh, yeah, I had another parlay: Chiefs-Packers money line. The Chiefs lose to the to the Ravens. Uh, let's see what else we had here. Yeah, so I did another teaser: the Lions and the Cowboys, uh, six points each. So I had the Lions plus 17 against the Packers. The Lions lose by 18, covered uh, the, the Cowboys. Luckily, uh, you know they beat the Chargers, or um, or did they lose to the Chargers? It was a close game. I know that. But it doesn't matter because the Lions lost me that that game, and, and the Cowboys actually did cover. So, Luke, not a great gambling week for me in the NFL. How about you?
2: Uh, yeah. So last week it, it went well for me here. I um, I had Panthers plus three and a half against the Saints, um, and they went on to win that game twenty six to seven. Um, and then I also had Raiders uh, and Pittsburgh. I had the under forty seven. Um, final score is 26, 17. Uh, so it was, uh, I believe that's 43. So, um, You're
1: close, but you, you got I, the,
2: dub. I was close. I was sweating, but I was, I was two and on those picks. Uh, Jonathan, what are you kind of eyeing this week as far as NFL goes?
1: I mean, looking right now, at Bovada, just, you know, so, some of the lines are just so ridiculous. You know, you've got like the Panthers minus eight, you know, against the Texans, but like it's to me, it's still the Panthers. It's still Sam Darnold. You've got you know the Cardinals minus seven and a half you know, over the Jaguars. I just bet on the the Cardinals and I got burned. Uh, but some of the closer games like we're looking at you know Seahawks minus two you know on the road you know against Minnesota. Um, I really like the Seahawks. I, I love Russell Wilson. Um, you know Minnesota. Yeah, they scored all over the Cardinals. Will they be able to do that again this week against the Seattle Seahawks? Would I bet two weeks in a row on Kirk Cousins? Absolutely not. So I do like the Seahawks. Um, you know, minus two, you know, against the Vikings on the road, they'll be in Minnesota, and then the Bucks, man, I'm looking at that game now. The Bucks are flying cross country. I think they've won like their last ten games in a row with Tom Brady. They're probably due for a loss. The Rams' defense has, you know, looked pretty solid. Matt Stafford, that offense, especially Cooper Cup, who's been destroying me uh, in, in fantasy. I played him each of my first two weeks in separate leagues. Um, I do like the Bucks just because of the Bucks. You know, minus one and a half, they really just have to essentially win that game, uh, you know, by a field goal. And then Packers plus three and a half um, against the 49ers. So I just think the Packers are, are going to get things rolling. Don't really believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, Packers, you know, bounce back, you know, you know, this week with, with a big win. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Seattle minus two, Bucks minus one and a half, and the Packers plus three and a half.
2: Well, i've got two plays for you uh jonathan one of my mind one of my mind one of these plays is going to be carolina minus eight Um, you like carolina they they did well for you last week they did well for me last week obviously um now they go in against the texans who tyrod taylor is out i mean tyrod looked good tyrod taylor is out and you know they're going to be now starting their rookie quarterback davis mills from stanford um i think that you know you could look at this number and say that's a little bit too high but i'm riding the hot hand carolina minus eight if you you know if you want to to buy a you know a full point and go down to carolina minus seven um if you're scared of that you know over a touchdown and you're you're thinking you know maybe we can just push at seven if your worst comes worse I think Carolina could win the game by double digits. And I I, I think that I'm I'm all aboard the uh, Panthers hype train, especially against a team where, you know, the rookie's making his first start there uh, in Davis Mills. So I'm going Carolina minus eight. Uh, next, I'm going Titans minus five against the Colts. Um, Titans offense is back, so it seems, uh, especially the run game is back. And Derrick Henry, my goodness. Derrick Henry, I mean, if, if he obviously continues to beat Derrick Henry... I think the Titans can, you know, cover this -5. Carson Wentz sprained both ankles last week. Crash. Um, he's so bad. He he sprained both ankles last week. So, uh even if he does play, I mean, he's just going to sit back there and get destroyed all game. Um, he's not going to be mobile at all. Um, I don't I I mean, I don't know how you sprain both your ankles, but he sprained both of them. And um that, you know, as a result, I'm just going to go Titans -5 here. I'm not going to overthink it. I think this is the right play to make.
1: I want to ask you about one more. So this week, this weekend, I will be making um, my first ever trip to MetLife Stadium to watch my beloved New York Giants. Mm. Uh, they will be inducting Eli Manning into the Giant Ring of Honor, so that's really the reason for the trip. Luke, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons this week. Um, Falcons are laying, or are actually, the Dogs. Giants are laying three points to the Falcons. now. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that first two weeks. Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, you know, subpar you know quarterbacks in the NFL have both carved up the New York Giants. Feels like Matty Ice is due for one this week. But the Falcons, so far this year, Luke, they're giving up 40 points per game. They're giving up more points than any team in the NFL. Uh, it feels like it's the end of, of of Matt Ryan's career. Each week, I'm just like, I just want to believe that the Giants are going to win. So I, I almost just like, I'm betting with my heart. What do you think Giants uh Giants laying three at home?
2: This is very much a stay away for me. This is a it I probably
1: is, but I'm probably gonna bet it.
2: I mean I'm still oh, oh yeah, of course you're going to the game, you know, my it I would say I would just put a little bit on a, a Giants money line. I I'm I don't like the the three point spreads, you know, three and a half especially not a fan of that uh, I think Falcons are laying a straight you know they're dogs by three right yeah so um I I don't know I mean I might buy half a point to get it to Giants you know two and a half something's got to give both these teams for lack of better term really stink right now let me let me run this by you then over under is 48
1: two two defenses bottom 10 in the NFL Falcons are giving up 40 a game by themselves the Giants 28 and a half there's a chance that we're going to see some offensive fireworks in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a great chance. I think
1: I'd be maybe be a little bit more enticed. I don't ever bet the over/under, but if there was ever a game, it feels like as bad as these these defenses have been so far. Um, maybe maybe that's the play.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at you know Matt Ryan last week. Yes, he threw three ints, but he also had threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. So I'm scared. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, he could go off. But, you know, if, if going off to you is throwing 300 yards, I mean, you could still win by 20, especially if you're the Bucks. So I uh, – but th- the problem is, Jonathan, the Giants aren't the Bucks. So I think that, that – That
1: they are not. <laughs> it'll – Can uh, confirm. I, yes. I, thank you for the reminder.
2: One thing I'll tell you, Jonathan, I mean, good for you. Like I said, I'm going to be staying away. Um, I know that the adrenaline of the game, it's even more fun – But it's going to be doubly hurtful if the Giants don't win the game.
1: Very true. Well, I don't know if you saw, and I don't even know if I should be mentioning this, the meme of the guy wearing the Plexico Burris jersey. And he's like, I wore my Plexico Burris jersey because as a Giants fan, I felt like shooting myself. (laughs) That's how it feels sometimes. So. That's, Anyways, look, I, I think that's I think that's a good uh, ending, ending. point? I, I don't know speak. that it's a what good think? ending
2: point, but it's an ending point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All
1: right. Anyways, guys, uh, for for Luke Silva, you guys are listening to Jonathan Osborne. and This is shoot the shot, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.
3: It's happening daily.
4: mypatriotsupply.com